This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now tomorrow marks the second anniversary of the January 6th insurrection, which everyone remembers, and certainly everyone who saw it. It was an attempt to stop the legitimate result of the US election uh, being formally acknowledged, and it resulted in deaths to uh, security people and indeed to people charged with defending the seat of American democracy, the capital. At the time, Kevin McCarthy, who is the man in the news this week, was the leader of the Republicans in the House of Representatives. The following day, uh, McCarthy said of Trump that he had had enough of this guy. This was a a bridge too far. Three weeks later, he was in Mar-a-Lago pleading for forgiveness and seeking Trump's support. Now, fast forward to the last two days, and with a slim majority, Republicans are trying to secure the speakership of the House of Representatives, a very important post. Kevin McCarthy is the candidate. If he were to succeed, he would, in fact, be third in line for the presidency after the vice president. However, it hasn't worked out very well for McCarthy. There were six attempts so far to have him elected, but members of his own party are holding out against him. It's the first time for a 100 years that the leader of the largest party has failed. It was 1923 when this last happened. It's caused confusion. It's unresolved. And we're joined now from Washington by Niall Stanich uh, to tell us about the significance of this present stalemate. Niall, of course, is associate editor of The Hill, a very respected Washington newspaper, and also White House columnist for that newspaper. Niall, sorry about the long introduction, but there is a a history here. Mm. There is a reason why Kevin McCarthy can't persuade his own party to honor him with the speakership. And it's very, very messy at the moment. It certainly is very messy, and you have outlined the 
context for it. The trip of Kevin McCarthy to Mar-a-Lago shortly after January the 6th was really, in, in some ways, the beginning of, or certainly an inflection point, in his attempts to ingratiate himself with the most pro-Trump members of his own party. Kevin McCarthy himself, I think, sort of does hail from the more establishment or at least somewhat more moderate wing. That was his background. But it seems fairly plain that he calculated that if he wanted to accomplish his long-held ambition to be speaker, he needed to be popular or at least for the pro-Trump people to acquiesce. And so he spent much of the past two years trying to stay on the former president's good side and on the good side of his supporters. That hasn't so far worked this week. It hasn't panned out in the way that McCarthy hoped because the opposition to him from within the Republican Party, which numbers around 20 people, are overwhelmingly people who are on the most uh, Trumpian wing of the GOP. They don't, in short, think McCarthy is one of them. They don't trust him. And so, uh, so far, as I speak to you on Thursday morning, Washington time, they have not uh, got on board and they have enough numbers to thwart McCarthy. Yes. And Donald Trump yesterday urged them to vote for Kevin. Uh -huh. He has in the past referred to McCarthy as my Kevin. Uh -huh. And as you point out, uh, the people who blocked McCarthy are people who are on the far right, in some cases, Jim Jordan is one example, Matt Gates. Uh, there were only six uh, objections, I think, on the first ballot, but each, as each ballot progressed, they ended up with 20, and we don't know where it's going, but it doesn't look good for McCarthy. The significance of this, Niall, is pretty important in terms of committees, Nobody elected has been able to be sworn in. There is no House of Representatives as we speak, and therefore legislation can't pass, and these people who have been elected can't be confirmed as elected. That's right. The first order of business in any term of the House of Representatives is the election of a speaker. If that cannot be accomplished, it thwarts everything, pretty much. And so everything is in a state of flux right now. Now, of course, there may be a compromise. Just to, uh, for the sake of, of clarity in the, in the context of how we got to this point. There were, uh, at the outset, before there were any votes taken, um, uh, four, uh, sorry, uh, five members in particular who had announced publicly that they wouldn't back McCarthy. The big surprise was that when the first vote came, there were 19 who opposed him. Then that has edged up to 20. Now, uh, you correctly mentioned Matt Gates as somebody who's very much to the fore. Andy Biggs, a lesser-known congressman from Arizona, is another uh, option. Jim Jordan, who is an extremely conservative figure, um, has so far backed McCarthy, but is being looked at to see if the far right could somehow prevail or persuade him to properly go forward as a, a nominee. Those that hard right block has voted for Jordan on occasion anyway. He himself isn't uh, bowing to that demand, but we'll have to see exactly what happens as the hours pass by. Just to get a, a sense of the Machiavellian nature of things, it was Jim Jordan who nominated 
McCarthy for Speaker uh, right. when this process began. Mm -hmm. um, uh, tell us, there's a couple of people I want to ask you about. One of them is a congressman now. His name is George Santos. Mm -hmm. I think he represents a, a district in New York. Mm -hmm. And since he's been elected, and indeed while he was campaigning, there's some alarming facts about him that are not the same facts he appears to promote when he's uh, telling people about himself. You're unusually for you, you're putting it pretty mildly there, you know, I must say. Uh, he appears to have been caught out in a, in a kind of tissue of lies uh, in a lot of ways. George Santos is a Republican, was elected at the, at the last election, had previously failed two years before that. He got elected, and only after he were elected was the real uh, attention paid by the media to fairly long-standing accusations that he was making stuff up. He has admitted that he did not work in uh, Goldman Sachs or Citigroup, as he had claimed. He has admitted that he did not graduate from a college in New York, Uruk College, uh, that he had also claimed. But there are also a whole lot of questions that he's been vaguer about that are even stranger. For example, um, he claimed at one point that his mother had been one of the victims of the terrorist attacks of September 11th. He then completely separately and sometime later tweeted that his mother had died in 2016. Uh, that's not entirely mutually exclusive. I mean, people unfortunately yes. did get cancer and so on from the effects of 9-11, but there's no record of her working in the Twin Towers, for example. He had suggested that his parents were refugees from the Holocaust, which was seen by everyone as the implication that they were uh, Jewish and that he is Jewish. He is not, in fact, Jewish. And when this was brought uh, to public attention, his excuse was that he was Jewish with a hyphen in that <laughs> word, which is uh, sort of, as, you, as your laughter indicates, fairly Isn't absurd. Yes. So there are a number of these absurdities. I suppose, Eamon, the more serious one, or the one that's going to be looked at by both prosecutors and uh, an ethics committee in Congress, is how he went from a very modest financial position to being able to loan his campaign about half a million dollars. Right. Um, where that acquisition of rapid wealth came from is not entirely clear. And that's, as I say, certainly going to be under scrutiny. Uh, as they say, on another media outlet, I also yes. heard that he had claimed to have been married, but he maybe wasn't married, but he certainly appears to have been or to be gay, mm. uh, and to have uh, been in a live-in relationship with another man. That's right. Although his marriage was to a woman, and again, that's right. so. So, I mean, that again is just that. Is, I mean, of course, it's possible people are closeted or bisexual or whatever. But uh, again, just another element in his personal history that has raised questions. This may seem like a stupid question, though. Can he be fired? Um, by Congress, uh, by the Republican group in Congress for lying. Um, I'm not sure if he 
technically York can, or in the abstract if he can, there is no real chance of it happening because, well, frankly, because they need the votes, and also because ethics investigations within Congress tend to be often rather toothless. Now, the more intriguing um, possibility is, obviously, like any member of the House, he was elected only to a two-year term. There has been some suggestion that he might agree to shuffle off after his two years back from whence he came, but um, I don't think it's likely that he will actually be ejected from Congress. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Now, there is another figure here who seems to be mattering more as each, well, hour passes, really, because this is a, a very current crisis, Steve Scalise. Mm-hmm. He also a congressman, and he could be the answer to the Republicans' problem with the speakership. Mm -hmm. He could, yes. He has served in the leadership of the Republican Party uh, for the same period as Kevin McCarthy has. And the basic difference is that Scalise is just a a little bit more trusted by these pro-Trump Republicans and I suppose a notch or two more conservative than McCarthy. Now, pro-McCarthy people would argue that substantively there isn't that much difference and that the anti-McCarthy block would would settle for someone like Scalise only to prove they could defeat McCarthy. That it's, a, In other words, a personal uh, quest to yes. thwart McCarthy. Nonetheless, Scalise is someone who has been watched uh, very closely. 
he wouldn't be, I mean, he has voted for McCarthy, but he wouldn't be considered, you know, a close friend of Kevin McCarthy, for and example. He's and he's on the right wing of the party, isn't he? He is, yes. More so, mm. as I say, a notch or two more than, than McCarthy would be, certainly. Uh, he's a congressman from Louisiana. He was actually, uh, and this is, of course, a sympathetic uh, issue, he was... Uh, rather famously shot and, and seriously wounded. There was an attack on Republicans who were uh, practicing for a congressional baseball or softball game some years ago, and Steve Scalise was shot and quite badly injured. Um, but uh, setting aside that personal detail, he is uh, pretty conservative. He is somebody who the uh, anti-McCarthy people might settle for while not being so far off the deep end as to be unable to get the support of more uh, moderate or purportedly moderate Republicans. Yes, as Myra Thatcher famously said, he could be described as one of us yes, uh, yes, by exactly. the, the Jim Jordans of this world. Right. Uh, there is another detail that I think it's worth telling our listeners about. Mm. The night before the the first vote uh, earlier this week, uh, Kevin McCarthy had his staff move all his stuff into the Speaker's rooms mm. in the House. Mm. That was provocative, presumptuous, mm -hmm. and in the light of what's become of him, or seems set to become of him, rather foolish. Yeah, definitely a tempting of fate, as uh, yeah. as mo as most of us who have who have uh, rented apartments or flats in our lives know, you shouldn't really move in before you've got the lease signed, which is yes. more or less what what McCarthy did. It was, as you say, provocative. Of course, it also gave ammunition to his critics, and in fact, Matt Gates, the very right wing congressman from Florida, who we've mentioned wrote to an official in the Congress, the architect of the Capitol, inquiring as to why Kevin McCarthy had been permitted to move into the Speaker's uh, offices and suggesting that McCarthy was effectively a squatter having failed to get the required votes to become Speaker. Now, uh, he hasn't, as of Thursday morning, moved out, and McCarthy is adamant that he's going to stay in this for the long haul and try to prevail. But it was, in retrospect, uh, I think, a, a kind of foolish move to move into the Speaker's office. Now, Niall, what does this tell us about the Republican Party and about, uh, in particular, the influence or perhaps the fading influence of mm. Donald Trump, because Trump yesterday urged the members of Congress to vote for McCarthy. It actually increased the opposition mm. uh, to McCarthy, as you've pointed out, by one vote uh, to 20. Uh, he can only afford to lose four votes, so anything more than four against him, and he's not going to be Speaker. Trump, in a way, he didn't invent right-wing politics in America. People like Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, and other right-wingers have always existed, and some of them, in fact, have run for president. Barry Goldwater springs to mind. Mm -hmm. However, Trump, what did he do? He strengthened it. He recognized something there that he could a wave, that he could surf. Mm -hmm. And, of course, it has been mutually beneficial, hasn't it, for Jim Jordan, who is a particularly vicious piece of right-wing work. Mm. Mm. So let's take the, the 
start of that in, in terms of what Trump did. And I'll start by being more um, sympathetic to Trump than maybe we, we often are in one respect. What Trump did, and this is underestimated by his critics, is he identified the fact that the so-called Republican establishment used sort of working class or socially conservative yes. or frankly poorer conservatives as kind of electoral cannon fodder and didn't really wasn't really responsive to their concerns, sort of condescended to them, would occasionally engage in sort of culture war type rhetoric, but would go about a policy agenda that was very much driven by big business. I remember, and this is years ago, uh, back in 2008, when a guy called Mike Huckabee ran for president in a sort of yes. populist way, being told by a, a, a businessman, a former CEO of a very big company who I won't name, he talk, told me about Huckabee and his supporters, oh, we just pat those people on the head and take their money. Yeah. There, was, there was that sort of attitude. Now, Trump, I think, rather cynically identified that as a vulnerability that he could exploit. One of the complications of Trump is he does often correctly identify a problem. The yeah. thing is that he presents himself as the solution to it or a, or a very simplistic and sometimes almost sort of quasi-fascistic things as the solution to those problems. So anyway, he changed the Republican Party and put it much more on that populist footing. Those establishment people, therefore, have lost a lot of ground or had lost a lot of ground in the Republican Party. That has changed a little bit just within the past couple of months because Trump's divisiveness, his belligerence, all the things that we have talked about at length yes. that are bad things about Trump, were fundamental sources of a very disappointing Republican performance in the midterms. So now you have an odd situation where Republicans have a very narrow majority in the House, but the pro-Trump people or the most pro-Trump people can frustrate the, the the bulk of the membership. McCarthy, we should say, does have about 200 votes and his opponents have about 20 votes. Yes. But those 20 votes are enough to frustrate McCarthy for the moment. Yeah, uh, just to sort of try and put a world perspective on this, mm. a lot of the complaints of those right-wingers are about the spending. Mm -hmm. uh, I watched them last night complaining about the amounts of money that the Biden administration has spent and that Nancy Pelosi's Congress had allowed to go through. They also mentioned Ukraine. Mm. And the significance of this struggle at the heart of American politics, mm. if the people who are, shall we say, uh, Trumpian or very right wing, Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, are two people who come immediately to mind, but there are others. If they were and particularly others out in the country, if they were to prevail in this struggle for what you might call the soul of the United States of America, mm. it's very bad news, is it not, for the West in general. Mm. Uh, it would be very bad news for Ukraine because they say, why? And this is something that Trump also, Trump despised NATO and was rightly critical of the Germans who didn't, mm. who didn't put their 2% in of GDP every year. And God only knows what would have happened in Ukraine 
if Trump had been president, or somebody who was isolationist. These people are fundamentally American first people, aren't they? They are, yeah, and and basically isolationist, at least in large part. Yes. And as you say, extraordinarily skeptical of aid going to Ukraine, even in the current circumstance where Russia yes. has invaded. So, look, if they prevailed, it would be very bad for Ukraine. It would, would be very bad for multilateral alliances generally, be very bad for the so-called transatlantic uh, yes. alliance of the United States and Western Europe, because fundamentally, they don't really care very much about that stuff. And they consider that uh, it is sort of money down the tubes, I guess, or that is, is not being spent for good, uh, for a good purpose. So that isolationism, uh, if it prevailed, would have very uh, damaging effects for much of the West. We should also say, Eamon, and this gets back to sort of where we started today's conversation, people like Kevin McCarthy, who are not um, in their soul, isolationist, have had to take several steps toward that position in order to placate yes. those who are. So McCarthy, for example, has taken uh, refuge in a rather um, fudgy position of saying that while he supports Ukraine, there needs to be more accountability of where the money is going. On one hand, that sounds like, a, of course, a reasonable demand. People don't want to just sign a blank check. But the fear is that it is just a sort of a, a euphemism for actually opposing uh, further aid to Ukraine. The question of the House and its relationship uh, or the relative power compared to the Senate. Mm. The Democrats have the Senate. They picked up a, a seat, so they're not relying on the casting vote of the vice president any longer. Is this going to be, this last two years of the Biden administration, very messy, probably gridlocked and unproductive? I'm afraid it is, yes. That seems overwhelmingly likely. The problem um, for the Biden administration is twofold. One is simply the polarized nature of things that we've talked about, the fact that the Republican majority does not really have any political incentive to cooperate with Biden for their own reasons. The second part of it is the, without getting too much into the complexity of how powers are separated here, the House of Representatives have has uh, the overwhelming lead in terms of public spending and therefore yes. can thwart all of those plans. A third factor that I should have mentioned just in terms of the messiness of it is Despite all this debacle, really, about electing the Speaker, Republicans are clearly, they do have the majority, and they are going to use that majority to launch investigations into lots of things. Now, some of those things are completely valid. The chaotic uh, pullout from Afghanistan, they are going to investigate, yes. and that's fair enough. That was Hunter a, a, Biden also is a Hunter, Hunter Biden, to be. Yes. Hunter Biden and, and what they're terming the origins of COVID, uh, which, you know, the origins of COVID, yes, Certain elements of that are valid areas of inquiry, but you would need to be careful you didn't go down the sort of rabbit hole of conspiracy theory. Yeah. The, the point broadly is there are going to be all these investigations that are intended to target Biden, and that will further uh, poison the well for any kind of bipartisan cooperation. Just a final question, uh, Niall, about Donald Trump mm -hmm. and where he may be headed. The Department of Justice 
have appointed or did appoint uh, about a month ago a man called Jack Smith, a highly respected prosecutor who'd been uh, working with the International Criminal Court. They appointed him special counsel to look at the Trump, the various Trump matters, I think, which you'll mm -hmm. tell me precisely. There are, and his tax returns, uh, the Supreme Court turned down his appeal. Uh, his tax returns are now public knowledge. And of course, there is the business of the confidential papers uh, mm -hmm. he had at Mar-a-Lago. And further, there is the possible ramifications of January 6th that may involve him as well. How badly is he in need of a break, if you like, mm. from someone of Jack Smith's prosecutorial mm. uh, zeal? Yeah, I mean, Jack Smith is a very serious figure, career-long prosecutor. And the two things he's investigating are two of the most serious things Trump faces. One is the Mar-a-Lago information or, or documents uh, that you already mentioned. And the other one is the events around January the 6th, which the Department of Justice has for a long time been investigating quite separately to the Congressional uh, Committee that was investigating that. So uh, those are the two main points there. The third thing that I think is uh, legitimately dangerous to Trump and his allies is a separate investigation going on in the state of Georgia about their attempts to overturn yes. the results there. That was when Trump uh, called the Republican Secretary of State, demanding that he find enough votes to overturn uh, Biden's he margin. He gave him a, pre a precise number, 11,561 well, to win by one vote. Exactly, yeah. He needed to find enough votes yeah. to, to get a majority of one. So, I mean, th there's that element and things. The tax returns is more a matter of, I suppose, personal pride yeah. or personal embarrassment to Trump, though they did reveal that over the course of his presidency, his business suffered more and more as time went on. In fact, by the time it got to 2020, he filed or registered business losses of about $16 million uh, right. in that year. So that was how things went for the Donald. Okay, Niall, thank you very much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And this is a very big and developing story around our Kevin, uh, whose Irish relatives have yet <laughs> to claim him. Uh, we're grateful to Niall, of course, as always. Associate Editor of The Hill and White House Columnist for The Hill. To all of you for listening, that's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.